1: Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 386. On Now You Know. It really is quite an achievement. As Elon said on last Wednesday's Tesla earnings call, in 2023, we delivered over 1.2 million Model Ys, making it the best-selling vehicle of any kind globally. For a long time, many doubted the viability of EVs. Today, the best-selling vehicle on the planet is an EV. Tesla delivered 1,739,707 Model Ys and Model 3s in 2023. Now, if Tesla did in fact sell exactly 1.2 million Model Ys in 2023, then that would mean that about 69% of the Model Y and Model 3 mix was Model Ys. And we talk about this one on this week's disruptive investing video about how clueless financial analysts are, especially after Tesla's earnings calls. I mean, this one fact alone, that the Tesla Model Y is now the best selling car in the world, that, that alone should be heralded as an amazing achievement. But instead, uh, why won't you state for the record that Tesla will be able to keep growing at a 50% kager? Uh, there's gonna be a drop in Tesla's annual growth rate
2: this year? Sell, 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 sell.
1: This one fact is a showstopper, and it needs to get out there because the lame street media is not gonna do it. It's up to you. The next time you need a conversation starter, try this on for size. Instead of, Nice weather we're having today. Instead, try this. Bet you can't guess what the best selling vehicle in the world is. Uh, the Toyota Corolla? Good guess, but no, it's the Tesla Model Y. But isn't that electric? Yes, it is. It beat out every other car model in the world, both gas and electric. Now we've been a bit perplexed the past few weeks about the absence of the Model 3 performance on Tesla's Configurator website. But now we hear from Tesla's Director of Investor Relations, Martin Viecka, that the Model 3 performance will be coming back. He said, congrats, Mr. James May. Watched your show all my childhood. Hope you like the car. You should get the performance one. Once that comes out, now, Martin didn't reveal any date yet, but I'm kind of thinking that he wouldn't post this unless it was coming soon. Yeah. Remember back in October, we did spot that plaid Model 3 badging uh, in the parts catalog. So. And remember that White Hat Hacker Green the only did spot a reference to special seats for the Model 3, quote, sport version in some Tesla code back in October. And we see now that the upgraded, refreshed Project Highland, whatever you want to call it, the Model 3 long range version, the delivery dates are getting pushed back in North America from February February March to March, April. So the Model 3, which is being made at Fremont, is basically pushed back about a month. At last week's pwn to own 2024 event in Tokyo, Japan, the hacker team Synactive was able to hack into a Tesla Model 3 and Y three times. First, via Tesla's modem. Uh, did they use a TOCTOU exploit? Time of check to time of use. <laughs> That's what I would have recommended. On the second day, Synactive hacked into a Tesla infotainment system using- I bet they used a two bug chain to infiltrate and then a three bug attack, right? Yeah, that is what they used. That's what I would have done. Oh. Good. Synactive dominated the competition and took home over half a million dollars in prizes. Yeah, Tesla paid out total rewards of $722,500 just on the first day of the event, where White Hat security research teams exploited 24 zero-day flaws in Tesla's software. Now, this might sound like a lot of money, and it is, but it's such a smart move for Tesla. Instead of paying for teams of their own software engineers to work constantly at cracking their own software, you pay the best hackers in the world to find out what the weaknesses are before they become an issue, and it costs you a fraction of what it would cost to hire a full-time team of software engineers working full-time. And it makes sure that your software is the most secure in the world because you're using the best hackers in the world to make your software the safest and most secure. Right. And again, like if you're like, oh, my gosh, it's almost a million dollars in just the first day. It's like, imagine if, you know, a news story came out and they're like, Tesla's hacked across the nation. Danger. You have never heard that as a story. Right. You've pretty much never heard Tesla's have been hacked into and code has been uploaded to anyone's real life Tesla. And it's not just that you're also incentivizing hackers to instead of breaking the law Mm -hmm. and then maybe getting a reward and having to like steal a Tesla and then fence it somewhere, they just get gobs and gobs of money handed to them. Well, that's a really good deal. And they're not breaking any laws and they don't have to go on the lam. It's a pretty cool job. (laughs) Right. And so you're taking a lot of maybe black hat hackers and maybe convincing them to be white hat hackers. And if you like the work we're doing here on the show, please hit the like button, it really helps us out. We'd like to thank JOA for sponsoring this episode of Tesla Time News. JOA is the world's leading provider of Tesla accessories. Their team has over 15 years of experience at engineering unique products for autos, charging and lifestyle. So you should really check out JOA for all those things you didn't even know you needed for your Tesla. Today, I wanna tell you about their folding card tray for the Model 3 and Y. This tray is really well built. I love the quality hinges, it folds up easily and it can easily be stored in the Model 3 or the Model Y's frunk or the rear trunk. I like that I can keep it folded up right next to me so I could take it out whenever I'm supercharging. It's so much nicer when having a meal in the car to have it on these sturdy Joa trays rather than trying to juggle drinks and meals in my lap. Yeah, and it's perfect for getting work done with a laptop or tablet or reading while you're charging. The tray is made with premium materials and feels really nice to the touch with this vegan leather and the wood pattern perfectly matches Tesla's interior. Joa's products are created for Tesla owners by Tesla owners. The Joa team wants to enhance your driving experience. You can check out all of Joa's products at joalife.com And you really should check out their lineup. There's so many cool products for yourself or the perfect gift for that hard-to-shop-for Tesla person on your list. And for a limited time, use our code for 5% off your order. So speaking of Tesla and computers, during the earnings call last week, Elon answered a question about Dojo, Tesla's training supercomputer. The question was from Dan Levy from Barclays. He asked, your release does not mention Dojo. So if you could just provide us an update on where Dojo stands and at what point you expect Dojo to be a resource in improving FSD, or do you think that you now have sufficient supply of Nvidia GPUs needed for the training of the system? And Elon responded, I mean, the AI hardware question is, that is a deep one. So we're obviously hedging our bets here with significant orders of Nvidia GPUs. The more effort you put into training, the less effort you need in inference. So just like a person, If you train in a subject, sort of classic 10,000 hours, the less mental effort it takes to do something. If you remember when you first started to drive, how much of your mental capacity it took to drive? It was you had to be focused completely on driving. Then after you've been driving for many years, it only takes a little bit of your mind to drive and you can think about other things and still drive safely. So the more training you do, the more efficient it is at the inference level. So we do need a lot of training and we're pursuing the dual path of NVIDIA and Dojo. But I would think of Dojo as a long shot. It's a long shot worth taking because the payoff is potentially very high, but it is not something that is a high probability. It's not like a sure thing at all. It's a high risk, high payoff program. Dojo is working and it is doing training jobs and we are scaling it up and we have plans for Dojo 1.5, Dojo 2, Dojo 3 and whatnot. So I think it's got potential, but I can't emphasize enough high risk, high payoff. So, I think a lot of people got confused by Elon's answer because at AI Day, for example, we all got this cool information about how Tesla has developed their own hardware to make this dojo supercomputer. And now Elon is saying that they're taking a dual path with NVIDIA chips as one path and dojo as another high risk, high payoff path. And then to confuse things even more, last week the governor of New York State, Kathy Hochel, announced that Tesla will be investing $500 million in a new dojo cluster at Tesla's Gigafactory in Buffalo, New York. Elon quickly posted on X. The governor is correct that this is a Dojo supercomputer, but $500 million, while obviously a large sum of money, is only equivalent to a 10,000 H100 system from NVIDIA. Tesla will spend more than that on NVIDIA hardware this year. The table stakes for being competitive in AI are at least several billion dollars per year at this point. And Elon also confirmed in a follow-up X post that Tesla will be buying chips from AMD as well. I think when Elon talks about Dojo being a, quote, long shot, that Elon also thought SpaceX and Tesla only had a 10% chance of being successful, and look how they turned out. Yeah, Elon and his team are being smart. They're pursuing two paths to hedge their bets. If Dojo works, that's great. But if it has hiccups or even fails completely, then Tesla will still have plenty of compute by using hardware from NVIDIA and AMD. Pete Bannon, who joined Tesla in 2016, is Tesla's director of Autopilot Hardware Engineering. He is a legend in the world of chip architecture who worked on developing Apple's A5 through A9 chips. He is now in charge of Dojo at Tesla, and Elon has a lot of confidence in him. So I think Dojo is in really good hands, and I wouldn't be surprised if Bannon himself is the one lobbying to hedge risk by also building supercomputers with AMD and NVIDIA chips. And let's not forget what Elon said at the end of the Q&A. And we're making gigantic improvements from hardware three to hardware four to hardware five. I mean, there's a potentially interesting play where when cars are not in use in the future, that the in-car computer can do generalized AI tasks, can run a sort of GPT-4 or GPT-3 or something like that. If you've got tens of millions of vehicles out there, even in a robo-taxi scenario where they're in heavy use, maybe they're used 50 out of 168 hours, that still leaves well over 100 hours of time available of compute hours. It's possible with the right architectural decisions that Tesla may in the future have more compute than everyone else combined." Just to repeat that, Tesla may have more compute than everyone else combined, because it's almost like they sell you a whole bunch of computers that they still could have access to. Exactly. After the earnings call, did we hear anything like this? No, No. we just saw moron investors selling off. Volkswagen has just announced that a couple versions of their ID4 are now eligible in the U.S. for the full $7,500 federal tax credit. Now, because the ID4 is made in Tennessee, VW says that if you buy the 2023 or 2024 ID4 with a battery made by SK on, then it will qualify for the full tax credit, which you can have VW take right off the sticker price. (laughs) So that would mean that you could get the 2023 ID4 standard variant that starts at $38,995 with a 62 kilowatt hour battery pack and 209 miles of EPA rated range for $31,495 after the credit. Yep. VW says they are now the only foreign automaker to qualify for the full tax credit.
3: Yippee whippy whippy.
1: But isn't there also a version of the ID4 with a battery made by LG? I mean, that's a South Korean company just like SK On. So does that qualify? Apparently, the version by LG does not. I'm assuming that LG gets some or all of their battery minerals from China. That's kind of weird, right? OK, but to this next story where Subaru just sent out a press release saying that the, quote, 2024 Soltero will qualify for applicable federal tax credits of up to $7,500 for some owners. Isn't the Solterra made in Japan and therefore, by definition, it can't qualify for the $7,500 U.S. federal tax credit? Yes and no. So, yes, you're right, because it's not made in North America. It can't qualify for the tax credit. And no, it can qualify for the tax credit if you lease it. What? You see, the Department of the Treasury, when they were writing up the actual regulations on how this all would work after Congress passed the IRA, they added this loophole for leases. So basically, if you lease the Solterra, you can get tax credits applied to the lease, which in effect lowers your lease payment. Subaru issued a new press release to clarify, saying, quote, the 2024 Solterra will qualify for applicable federal tax credits of up to $7,500 for some customers. And then the fine print at the bottom states when leased through Subaru Motors Finance. So to be fair to all EVs, if you wanna get $7,500 off another EV in the US, you could lease a Subaru Solterra, which is just basically a Toyota BZ4X. Yeah, uh, here are the prices. So the premium gets 227 miles VPA range. The limited and touring get 222 miles. I mean, I'd rather see people buy the safest car on the road instead, a Tesla, which can supercharge. But hey, if you're happy with only 100 kilowatts of charging speed for the Solterra, then by all means. And I've been reading a bunch of owners uh, forums on the Solterra and no one's getting 100 kilowatts. If they're lucky, they get that for a second or two. And then it drops usually to 16 kilowatts. Six, 16? 16. Yeah, because I'm assuming the battery just can't take the heat. Yeah, it should stay out of the kitchen. Oh! Now, remember that Reuters article that was published in December called Tesla Blame Drivers for Failures of Parts It Long Knew Were Defective? A Reuters investigation. Yeah, this was all about an issue that some Tesla owners had with the rear lower control arm on some X's and S's. We reported on how this Reuters article was completely misleading. And Tesla even posted an X uh, post refuted as well. Well, that didn't stop the Fudsters from pressuring groups to issue recalls. Two U.S. senators told Elon he should recall all the vehicles and investigations were launched in Sweden and Norway into whether recall should happen there. The good news is that last week, the Norwegian Public Roads Administration issued a statement saying the NPRA believes that a break in the lower rear control arm does not constitute an unacceptable risk and that there is no basis for demanding a recall of the vehicles. And it looks like Tesla isn't letting the IF metal strike stop them either. Yeah, Tesla is opening a new auto body workshop in Hudinge, Stockholm, Sweden. Tesla plans to hire seven more employees there, including painters, claims adjusters and auto body specialists. Sweden's workers union IF metal plans to stand outside Tesla's new building and picket. The union also plans to try and recruit new employees into the union. One Swedish Tesla employee said that IF Metal has been ramping up actions against Tesla. He said, quote, they have called and sent messages and they've really tried to explain what the strike means and why I should join before I was then excluded. And it sounded threatening, actually. They have said that I will never be able to work in a union shop in the future and no unions will represent me in the future. That's how I understood it, that they will gang up against me. And even though the Swedish Electrical Union is sympathy striking against Tesla, Tesla is still planning to install 10 new superchargers. Sweden's Painters Union with 13,000 members is also sympathy striking against Tesla and claims they won't paint Tesla cars. However, not all painters in Sweden are members of the union, so Tesla should be able to open their new auto body service center without them. So if Tesla keeps holding their own in Sweden, public sentiment in Sweden may swing in Tesla's favor. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, This has been going on since October. Right. So I don't think the union thought that Tesla would hold out this long. Um, But on the other hand, I don't know Sweden well enough. I don't know if it's such a union country that maybe they're just not going to see it Tesla's way. Well, and I think that the thing here is normally when there's like a a union strike, it's the union that works at the factory. Mm -hmm. Right. It's usually like, oh, right all those people who like work for that company are all on strike. This is a completely different thing. This is like, This is like a different factory's union is now going to a different company, like a a corner store. And they're like, we're going to strike because you're not union. And the corner store is like, I don't employ any of you guys. It's also so short-sighted because it means that if Tesla was ever going to think about putting in a new (coughs) gigafactory, it's not going to go anywhere near Sweden. Right. Well, the other thing is, isn't this going to be driving people away from the unions if if they're basically hearing that people are being threatened? Because again, to go back to like the corner shop example, if all these union members who are picketing outside the corner store are like hey and if you don't join our union then we're never going to hire you and you're never going to work in any union shop ever again it sounds like the mafia right all you have to do is change the accent <laughs> hey if you're not going to join our union then you're never going to get a job out of here ever again like hello yeah it's just i don't know it's just different than the typical union story of like, these fat cats up in the thing there, people are getting their arms crushed in the arm crushing machine and right. how horrible is that? It's like, this is completely different than that typical union story. All right, time for the Cybertruck Roundup. Yeehaw! The Cybertruck Roundup. How about a gloss gray wrap for your Cybertruck? This one was spotted in Hollywood. It definitely screams even more CGI <laughs> IRL cause like having it be a flat color Makes it look even more like a cheap video game. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I'd go gray. I've been loving the black ones, but uh, how about this? How many motorcycles can you fit in the back of a Cybertruck? So they definitely fit three. Do you think you could fit four? I don't think so, but maybe. Maybe maybe some smaller motorcycles or something? Maybe. I mean, take off all the pegs and stuff. Pretty cool. Um, Here's a question for many people. When you get your Cybertruck, would you remove your side mirrors? And that's one of the questions on the Cybertruck Owners Club forum this week, Um, because I think the big question would be, how would you actually see to the left and right? I know on a Tesla now, if you put your blinker on, you get to see that side repeater. Uh, Is that what people would rely on or would they like always keep their things open or would Tesla come up with some new software? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to get ours so that way we can test it out for you. And, you know, what we should do we should put it on even bigger side mirrors. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I want to see how much range we save by taking them off. Ooh, that's interesting and a Cybertruck meetup in southern california looked like this wow so imagine looking in your rearview mirror and seeing three cyber trucks coming up behind you you're like am i in the future <laughs> am, I in am, I, am i in trouble am i in trouble yeah so that's seven of them did a meetup wait till wow. wait till we have like 50 or 100 at a meetup i know <laughs> the police are gonna get involved yeah and last week on Elon's X post that getting Cybertruck road legal in China will be very difficult. But he did say that, quote, we could ship some prototypes over for display. One week later, Cybertruck did make it to China. Check out all these cool photos and some video of Cybertruck all over China. All sit or, I mean, how do they do it so fast? You put it on a boat? Fast boat. I guess multiple versions. Um, unfortunately, these are the early versions which don't have like the tightest tolerances i saw a lot of people in the showrooms like looking at the the panel gaps Hmm. i don't know if they understand that these aren't final production models or not but (laughs) that they're not going to sell in china for a little while maybe maybe not i don't know There was a lot of people at those events there's going to be a lot of demand it would be interesting if there was so much demand in china that they started to produce them at giga shanghai yeah that could be really cool i could see it happening i can too it would take a while though it would probably take at least six months Oh, sure. At (laughs) the very, very least. Hey, if you want to talk about all this kind of cool Cybertruck stuff, go over to the Cybertruck Owners Club. And now they've also got this. They actually have data on not just Cybertruck reservations, but also orders and delivery numbers. Oh, I know. It's so cool. It's growing every day. Please, if you have gotten your Cybertruck delivered or if you know somebody who got your Cybertruck delivered, please go on the website, fill it out. It's real quick, and that will hopefully give us some more insight into when ours is coming when ours is coming. And it's very selfish of (laughs) me to ask, but please do it so I know when I get my truck. We just reviewed the Ride One Up Prodigy V2 e-bike on our Now It's Review channel. I started riding this on a bunch of e-bike trips and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, riding next to you, it was super quiet. And it doesn't really look like an e-bike. I love its mid-drive torque sensing motor, plenty of power and so smooth. It feels like you're just a better human. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of the lower end rear hub motor e-bikes can be a bit herky-jerky. When you start to pedal, you get this like immediate surge of power. But with the Ride One Ups torque sensing mid-drive on the Prodigy V2, it really feels natural. You put in more torque, the motor outputs more power. So we go through all the pros and cons. We give you our honest opinions and thoughts about having ridden these e-bikes on many long bike rides. So we know what we're talking about. Plus, we've now reviewed so many e-bikes, we really do know what to look for, what matters and what doesn't. So if you're in the market for a new e-bike and you're a bit overwhelmed, let us help you with this important decision over on Now Let's Review. And we have another channel, Disruptive Investing, where this week we have a new video. An interview with the founder and CEO of Climatize. If you want to discover a way to invest in solar and make money doing it, you have to check out our interview with Will Wiseman at Climatize. Yeah, Climatize is such a cool startup, allowing people to fund solar projects. And anyone can do it. You don't have to be a super rich accredited investor. And it's such a fun thing to do with your kids, like your nephews, nieces, grandkids, investing in solar projects with great fixed returns. Get the whole scoop on how it works by watching our new video on disruptive investing. You can start with as little as a $10 investment and Climatize has returns up to 10% annually. I mean, I get it. It sounds too good to be true. And that's why I love my job. I get to interview people like Will who start these amazing companies so that you can hear directly from them about their companies, how they work. You can decide for yourself if you like what you hear and if you wanna take part in this disruption that's taking place in funding solar. All right, I've been seeing a lot of articles like this one. Rivian, Kia, and Mercedes see huge jump in new car registrations, a sign of what's to come. So in the article, the author cites data from S&P Global Mobility on EV registrations in the U.S. in November. She says there were, quote, very modest gains by Tesla and Ford compared to bigger moves from smaller EV players Rivian and Kia, as well as luxury EVs from Mercedes and BMW. Wow. Wow. Okay, so I had to read this because I was like, did something happen with Rivian and Kia and Mercedes-Benz and BMW in November that I hadn't heard about? Turns out, no, nothing happened in November, but what the author did was use percentages instead of hard numbers. So for instance, Boring Tesla only had a growth of 8.6% in registrations in November of 2023, year over year, but Ford had a 21% increase in November, 2023 versus November, 2022. Wow. So how many Ford EVs were registered in the U.S. in November of 2023? 7,787. Hmm. And how many Teslas were registered in the U.S. in November of 2023? 42,737. Do you see the problem? Tesla sold about 35,000 more EVs in November than Ford did. About six times as many. The way percentages work is that if you start with a small number, like let's say the number 6,400, and you increase it by 21%, you get 7,787. Good job, Ford. You sold 1,387 more EVs in November of 2023 than you did in November of 2022. That's like a 21% increase. Wow. Wow.
4: Wow, you're so dominant.
1: But if you start with a much bigger number, let's say 39,350, And you increase it by 8.6%, you get 42,737. That to me is a much more impressive feat. Tesla sold 3,387 more EVs in November of 2023 than they did in November of 2022. That's more than two times as many as Ford did. Now, can you say that Ford is growing its EV sales at a faster rate? Well, I guess you can say that, but because they didn't start at the same point, who cares? It would really only be helpful if you compared Ford's growth rate to Tesla's at a similar point in Tesla's history to see if one was growing faster than the other. But the article went on this way, sharing meaningless percentages of growth for KiA and BMW, etc. And again, this is as if we were covering a race and it was a, oh, Tesla's in the lead there, and they're going very fast and here they come around the corner. Oh, but Ford is starting to accelerate off the line. Oh boy, here they come. They're losing by, they've been lapped three times, but don't worry, Ford is accelerating. How exciting. Tesla's already going 300 miles an hour, but Ford just went from 13 miles an hour up to 14 miles an hour. This is exhilarating, folks. It's as if the media doesn't want you to focus on Tesla as the leader, and only that there are other companies catching up. Except they're not catching up, really. They keep stumbling. Now, do I love EVs more than gas cars? Yes, I do. But I don't love crappy EVs more than Tesla's. And unfortunately, most of these EVs aren't in the same league as Tesla. So they give EVs a bad name. And that's kind of where I leave it at. It's like, you know what? If you go out there and buy a non-Tesla, you're not really getting the full EV experience. Sorry to say it, but I've been driving them all. And so far, I haven't found one where I'm like, wow, this is better than a Tesla. And thankfully, Tesla has come out with the Model 3 and the Model Y, which are pretty much in line in terms of price with a lot of these other EVs. So it's it's not the same argument anymore that it's like, oh, but a Model S is so much more expensive than a Leaf. We're going to see that in this next story. I mean, the U.S. Department of Energy tracks all kinds of things, right, including the median and maximum range of electric vehicles offered for sale in the United States. And they've been doing it since 2011. Let's take a look, shall we? Well, Look at that, boys and girls. In 2011, before the Tesla Model S came out, range numbers kind of sucked. But then in 2012 through 2015, ranges jumped up dramatically. Hmm, I wonder why. Now, I would like to point out that this is just the median range, meaning you take all the models of EV for sale that year and you find the median, which is the middle Half the models will have a higher range and half will have a lower range. What I think would be a lot more useful number would be the average range for all the EVs sold that year. In that case, the range numbers would be much higher because Tesla has high range cars and Tesla sells the most EVs by far in the US. But it is good to see that the median range went up 13 miles from 2022 to 2023 to now 270 miles of range. And the average American, by the way, drives 259 miles per week. So the median EV model could easily take care of most Americans' driving needs without the need to charge every day. So what are the highest range EV models for sale in the U.S.? Well, let's take a look at this chart. There are now more than 25 EV models that exceed 300 miles of range. That's almost double the number from two years ago. Here are the top 15. Okay, I get the Lucid, the Chevy Silverado EV. I mean... I've never seen one. I mean, didn't they sell less than 500 of them? Yeah, but technically it's available, so it's on the list. Look, this is great news. More and more EV models are coming out with really attractive range numbers. And these are EPA rated ranges, which means they had to follow EPA testing guidelines, which is, you know, half city driving, half highway driving, which gives you very realistic results. And as us EV drivers know, this magical 500 miles number is not necessary. Once you own an EV that can supercharge, you don't ever have to worry about charging again. Also, the average EV price continues to fall. The average new ICE car price in the U.S. is now $50,798, but the average EV in the U.S. is now 52838 And the average Tesla price is $50,051. That's right. So that means that the next time someone says that age old, yeah, but aren't Teslas like super expensive? You can reply, actually the average Tesla is cheaper than the average gas powered car in the US. I think that's really cool because for the longest time, that was the big argument. Well, until they get as cheap as ice cars, it's really no comparison. So mm, take that. And uh, hey, if you wanna share this clip with your friends, you can head over to the Now You Know Clips channel. Take this one story send it over to that jerk at work and uh, stick it to him. It's time for our good friend Ellie's space update. I think she's in her new studio this week.
3: Hey Zach and Jesse, let's get into the SpaceX news update from my new studio, which I'm still working on, but this is good enough for now. Exciting news as construction of the second tower down at Starbase has officially begun. This is something that Elon mentioned in his recent SpaceX presentation, confirming that yes, they are building a second tower down at Starbase,
4: and then we're also going to build a second tower. Uh, because, yeah, so we're going to, this is this is we're going to really be launching a lot, and, up, and we're going to be upgrading one tower while we launch from another tower. So, two towers is important.
3: Now, having a second tower will allow teams to upgrade one tower while launching from the other. This is one of the many advantages. Also. If you go on SpaceX's website, you might notice something new. They are looking for on-orbit research experiments. SpaceX's astronaut operations department posted that the SpaceX research program's first request for proposals is officially open. They're looking for on-orbit research experiments that will help enable humanity's path to becoming multiplanetary. By improving human health, performance, and well being during long duration spaceflight. SpaceX is also showing off a new plane. They recently acquired a Boeing 737 800. It's now painted SpaceX black and gray, but the aircraft was previously owned by Air China. Last week, NASA also conducted a SpaceX Crew 8 overview. This mission is scheduled for late February. This launch will send four astronauts to the ISS aboard the SpaceX Crew Dragon spacecraft. This will be the first time that a SpaceX Crew Dragon will fly for a fifth time the crew will ride on Endeavour to the ISS. And finally, Jared Isaacman also gave us some updates about the Polaris Dawn mission.
1: So to have been able to come off Inspiration4 and get right back at it was, uh, was really incredible.
3: He said they had a very solid training week. In addition to simulators, they spent a lot of time pressurized in the EVA suits, working contingencies. They have a lot to get done, but it feels like momentum is building. He says they're very grateful to the engineers and training team. And he answered some questions. He says, there will be no airlock. Dragon will vent to vacuum and then cabin will repressurize post EVA. As a result, all four crew members are technically performing an EVA and the suit picks will be released before the mission. So basically Jared Isaacman and his crew will perform the first private commercial spacewalk, which is so exciting. And we're expecting Starship to launch again sometime next month. So it's going to be a crazy February and I can't wait to share all of the updates with you guys if you guys like these news updates, please consider checking out my channel, Ellie in Space, and I'll see you next week.
1: Thanks, Ellie. I loved watching the Inspiration4 documentary on Netflix, which documented Jared Isaacsman's first civilian space mission. I've watched it three times, so I highly recommend it. I can't wait for Jared's next mission. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. Uh, this is my favorite razor in the world. You can get yours and a hundred free blades if you use the code now at checkout. So check out this post from the Dell Valley Independent School District. They said, we're so excited to celebrate the $600,000 donation from Tesla for our Gigafactory Texas P-TECH manufacturing studio in the new Dell Valley Early College High School and P-TECH. It's a commitment Tesla made when they chose this area near Austin to build Giga Texas. So Tesla set up a partnership with the Dell Valley schools and helped establish the Gigafactory Texas Pathway to Technology Manufacturing Studio, aka P-TECH. This program teaches students about manufacturing and automotive and robotics training. So far, 144 students have been hired by Tesla into full-time jobs through the manufacturing development program. And I think this is super smart. I mean, investing in exposing young people to engineering and manufacturing, I mean, that's exactly what we're kind of lacking in our schools today. (laughs) I think that this is actually all about jobs. I think that Tesla knows they need to recruit a lot of people moving to Austin. And are you going to want to move to a place where you don't like the school system? Mm. Or are you going to really like that the school system just got another $600,000 from the company that you're now going to be working for? So that way you're thinking like they're going to hire better teachers, they're going to have better programs. And so if I'm thinking of moving someplace and starting a family, that's that's going to influence my decision quite a bit. You know what else is going to influence it? Getting to sit in the Cybertruck, as Dr. Anna Rush says, at our future Gigafactory Texas P Tech manufacturing studio that's being built as part of the Dell Valley Early College High School in P Tech and Dell Valley ISD. We thank our partner Tesla for their generous donation and partnership. And I love the Cybertruck. All right, it's time for going green. Now to Taos, New Mexico, where the Taos Ski Valley Resort claims to have developed the first fully electric snowcat in North America, this Italian Prinuth Husky eMotion. Oh, okay. So it's a snow groomer. Yep. I didn't even think New Mexico had snow, let alone ski resorts, but I guess. Yeah, I was surprised. So I did some research to learn that the Taos Ski Valley Resort gets an average of, get this, 172 inches of snowfall per year with 36 annual snowfall days. Hmm. So what are the stats on the e-motion? How long can it run? The e-motion has 180 kilowatt or 245 horsepower motor. Either you can get it in the 100 kilowatt hour or the 200 kilowatt hour premium battery. So you can get up to three hours of runtime with the premium. It charges at 100 kilowatts of DC, so either one hour or two hour charge time, depending on your battery. Um, it also can charge AC charging at 22 kilowatts, which would obviously be a lot slower. Now, hang on. Didn't we report on the exact same ski resort saying something similar in 2022? Yes. In fact, they claimed to have deployed a fully electric piston bully Snowcat 100E from Kassenbauer back in April of 2022. But then they replaced it in 2023 with a hybrid piston bully. So maybe the fully electric one they tried out didn't work out. But didn't they just say that they had the first fully electric Snowcat in North America? Well, I mean, they had it twice. They didn't, didn't they already <laughs> do that? Yeah, I wish they had kind of said why they didn't like the first one. But I mean, I'm glad they went with another one. I'm guessing it was runtime. I mean, that would be my guess, right? I mean, you got when you got to groom, you got to get out there and groom. That's weird. Um, the fact that they can charge this so fast, and mm. maybe they bought more than one. I don't know. The Ski Valley Resort is the world's first B Corp certified ski resort, and they have already deployed nine electric snowmobiles, electric UTVs, and three electric snowblowers. They've also installed twenty EV chargers, and they have a goal of being net zero by 2030. They also get all their electricity from solar, and it's cool. I think to support businesses that get it. Now, our buddy uh, Howard is going out there in a few weeks and is going to send us some maybe pictures and videos so nice. maybe we'll learn some more and by the way on their website the valley resort says that they love how quiet the new snow groomer is so um, i bet it's pretty nice when you're skiing to not have to hear and smell diesel all right time for sunspots the u.s's largest battery and solar project has just gone online it is called the edwards and sanborn project sounds like a progressive rock band from the 70s i'm terry edwards and I'm Bruce Sandborn, and together with the Edwards, Edwards Sandborn, project. Sandborn Project. So this solar project actually gets its name from the location. It's on the Edwards Air Force Base and the Sandborn Ranch in Kern County, California, in the Mojave Desert. I'm Brigadier General Matthew Hager, commander of Edwards Air Force Base, and I'm Bo Bennett head of the Sanborn Ranch. Together, we're Edwards and Sanborn. (laughs) The project is operated by TerraGen and has 1.9 million solar panels that produce 875 megawatts of solar power with 3,287 megawatt hours of battery storage. Now those batteries don't look like Tesla Megapacks. Good eye, they're actually not. They are LG Chem, Samsung, and BYD batteries connected with 400 miles of wire. (laughs) What's amazing is that the project at $800 million appears to have cost less than a buck per watt, including storage. Yeah, I did a lot of research because I'm like, that doesn't sound possible. Just Mm. the solar, that would be a great price. But yeah, I think prices have dropped so much um, that we're seeing that when you do these giant grid scale, you know, you get the economies of scale, basically, when you when you call up and you're like, I want 1.9 million solar panels, you get a good price. Hey, and if you'd like to get a good price on your solar to go on your house, call our friends at Energy Pal. They know all the deals, all the rebates, all the stuff that is hard to find out, and they keep up to date on it. So let them know that we sent you down in the show notes is their link. And uh, hopefully you'll get some good deals on solar. And again, they don't work for any solar installer, so right. they're going to get you the best price. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories. Send them to us two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape with good audio, no music, and send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week, Jess? Ken sent us this story about the new Tesla Service Center opening in Wormster, Pennsylvania.
4: Hey, Zach and Jesse. I'm Ken from astarshipstory.com, and I'm standing here in front of the brand new Tesla Service Center in beautiful Warminster, Pennsylvania. According to township officials, this should be open by Christmas, just a short time from now. We're looking forward to that. According to the township zoning officer, Mike Italia, he says, quote, Tesla is working on a final punch list of items. There's nothing outstanding that is overly complicated, just final touches, unquote. This was once a dilapidated site of a former supermarket until ground was broken on the Tesla facility in March of this year. The 56,000 foot building sits on 9 acres, and the project's cost is estimated to be between 6 and 8 million dollars. Although the facility has the full support of the township, there are several bumps along the way. For example, in May, work was temporarily halted for a number of reasons, including a delay in water and sewer permits, no fencing protecting the site, a reported gas main break, dust concerns, and illegally working on Sundays. But all those issues were quickly resolved in a few short weeks, and construction continued apace. Another bump came from opposition by local unions. They picketed the site for months, calling on help from a giant inflatable rat holding a sign that read, Shame on Tesla for destroying the area wages and the standards of the American worker! But regardless of their presence, construction continued unabated. These are the only superchargers in the whole lot. We've got two of the regular ones, and they look like the old V3s. And the other ones here, they're just the regular wall charges that you'd buy. It's the same thing that I have on the side of my house at home. we're out back here, so I don't think these are going to be open to the public. I think these are just going to be used for the use of the Tesla technicians inside. As you can see, the facility appears to be almost completely done. And there's nothing standing in the way of opening up this new facility in time for Christmas. And what better Christmas present could we get for Tesla owners? Reporting from Warminster, Pennsylvania, I'm Ken from StarshipStory.com, And now you know.
1: Thank you, Ken. Now, unfortunately, I went on the map on Tesla because I was like, this is great, a new one. And I didn't see a little red dot. Yeah, it's not on the map yet. So I don't think it's actually opened even yet. I think so we're, this is early breaking news. Yeah. This is, we're ahead of the curve here. Yeah, And uh, I want to thank Ken for getting us this video. I know. I mean, it should be any day now. Looks like they actually have a decently sized parking lot. Being in Massachusetts, I haven't seen a Tesla service center with a parking lot that looks like it's actually big enough to accommodate. Where do I park my Tesla? (laughs) Oh, if you go down four blocks. (laughs) All right, time for our Patreon bonus stories. We got a ton of bonus stories, investor club bonus stories, all sorts of good stuff, but you can only get them by going over to Patreon and supporting us there. So we'll see you there on Patreon. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. And earlier in the show, we talked about the VW ID4 now getting the full $7,500 tax credit. And we asked on our Patreon poll, does the VW ID4 with the full tax credit appeal to you? And our Patreon said, no. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of overwhelming. <laughs> I hope I wasn't leading the they witness or anything. said, no, I feel like you weren't leading I was the try- witness. I gave a good picture of that it. That was Never a did. pretty good picture. You, you told them what the... I mean, I know these are largely Tesla fans, but yikes. Well, yeah. uh, you know. Having in, having driven the ID4, I can say, yeah, there's nothing to write and home hey, about. if you disagree, you can join us over on Patreon for just two bucks a month. You get to join the Patreon polls. That's so right. let your voice be heard. All right. It's time for Elon's X's of the week. And Ian Miles Chong says Elon Musk and Ben Shapiro are touring Auschwitz in Poland. Because he's so anti-Semitic. Right. That's what you do when you're anti-Semitic. <laughs> Steve Jobs was asked, what talent do you think you consistently brought to Apple? This was his answer. I think that I've consistently figured out who the really smart people were to hang around with. You must find extraordinary people. And Elon said, true. Gummy Bear says Elon was never an anti-Semite. It was always a political attack. And Elon said, correct, which is, you know, something that you say if you're anti-Semitic. You, of course, you you back up people who say that you're not anti-Semitic. Jordan Peterson said, excuse me, Elon, is there any way of modifying Grok so that it does not provide scientific references that do not, in fact, exist? It is just as prone as ChatGPT to do so. Well, maybe not quite as bad. Elon says, yes, Grok 1.5 should be out next month with substantial improvements across the board. Shibatoshi Nakamoto said San Francisco's homeless budget is $1.1 billion. San Francisco has 7,754 homeless people. That means San Francisco spends approximately $141,000 per homeless person per year. The government is completely incompetent. Elon Musk said, as Gary Tan would say, the homeless industrial complex profits greatly from never solving the problem. They would lose over a billion dollars of revenue per year. Holmar's catalog says it's so f- good, FSD12 and Elon says FSD version 12 is a breakthrough. I watched this video, by the way. That is insane driving. Like, that is not fun driving through <laughs> uh, San Francisco, and this thing drove incredibly good. Hmm. Brett Winton from Ark Invest says people ask why full-stack neural nets is important for robotics with the status quo anti every unique problem required its own unique hand-coded solution. With neural nets, every unique problem has the same solution. More data plus more compute. Elon says that's how our brains work. There are a lot of neurons in the motor cortex. Movement is not a simple task. Cremieux says cognitive aging really is something. Here's how it looks in the Woodstock Johnson 4. And basically, this is a chart of how as we age, we lose certain abilities. And Elon says, interesting. I find that playing a very difficult video game is an excellent barometer for mental acuity. Cremieux goes on to say, in all likelihood, very little of the global population is now above replacement. Elon says, correct. The world is headed for population collapse. Lives of TikTok say breaking illegals are now being housed at Logan Airport in Boston. The governor previously asked citizens to take illegals into their homes. Massachusetts is the only state with a right to shelter law, which means that the state must provide shelter for anyone who needs it. By the way, I've been following the story. Basically, they pick them up in the morning, drive them all around and then bring them back in the night. And Elon says, what happens when the airport is full? Shiptoshi Nakamoto says, what's the most midlife crisis thing you've done? Elon says existing. <laughs> Chiptoshi then tweeted out, which side are you in the morning shower gang or the night shower gang? And Elon said morning. Interesting. Adrian says Elon Musk on strong influence over control philosophy with Tesla. Elon said this is my concern regarding Tesla voting control. Money doesn't matter if powerful technology goes awry. Vivek says the southern border disaster isn't the product of incompetence. It's the intended result of years of careful planning by the Democratic Party. Once you understand that, the situation makes a lot more sense and the solutions become much simpler. And Elon said correct. Laurent says flawless victory for Elon predicting three plus years ago that you don't need LiDAR if you have a camera. Elon said humans can drive just fine without shooting lasers out of their eyes. My vision for the future is vision. X News Daily says news. The Financial Times has reported that XAI is seeking investments of up to six billion dollars for a valuation of 20. Elon said XAI is not raising capital and I have had no conversations with anyone in this regard. So no, I guess. <laughs> What's up, Frank says any plans to buy any chips from AMD? Elon said, yes, President Biden says for everyone who is demanding tougher border control, this is the way to do it. Here's my full statement on border security negotiations. Elon said no laws need to be passed. All that is needed is an executive order to require proof before granting an asylum hearing. That is how it used to be. He went on to say building a wall is a red herring. No wall is needed to fix the situation. Border patrol is being instructed to facilitate illegal entry at scale into the United States. The fundamental problem is that anyone can claim asylum with zero proof, which means all of Earth can come to America this cool uh, tweet from physics and history showing that nikola tesla predicted the smartphone i'll let you read it and elon said bullseye you know if only there was someone i mean alive he said and to- he said in 1926 a man will be able to carry one in his vest pocket like he totally got it except that we don't have vests what oh an, yeah he was what wrong. an <laughs> idiot if only there was someone alive today who is kind of predicting the future now mm. um, and was sort of developing the technology that made it possible i, I wish We kind of wish that that was true. You should name the company after Tesla. That would be cool. That would be cool. Austin says, sometimes you wonder how Tesla became so dominant. Then you try to go to a dealership and try and buy a car and extrapolate that experience through the rest of the company. And Elon said, exactly. Thomas Massey said, gun manufacturers can be sued for manufacturing defects, but vaccine manufacturers cannot injuring someone with a gun or a knife or even a car is a serious crime. But injuring someone with a vaccine isn't even a misdemeanor. This is not justice. Justice. Elon said, that is because they were largely improperly sued into oblivion by class action lawyers. Class action reform is sorely needed as it is a massive hidden tax on consumers. I recommend requiring at least 10% of a class be required to vote for the lawsuit in order for it to be recognized as a class. Right now, one in a million could be in favor of a class action lawsuit and it could still go forward. This is insane. Beth Jaiso says, could one someday use a Starlink-like swarm of satellites with precision positioning in timing to make a planetary-scale phased array for high-bandwidth interplanetary comms? Elon said, The difficulty of communicating with Mars varies tremendously, with the worst case being when it's on the opposite side of the sun from Earth. For terabit-level bandwidth, the best option is probably a series of laser communication satellites at varying distances from the sun to minimize path length for any given Earth-Mars position. So basically he's saying... You have Mars and the earth and they're orbiting around the sun and the sun can get in the way and you don't wanna shoot radio waves through the sun, that's stupid. You're not gonna do anything. So put in a bunch of satellites and then most of the time you're gonna be able to communicate with Mars even if it's on the other side of the sun, right? I'm glad he's thinking about it for when people live there next decade. All right, it's time for community mail time. G1 spotted this Model 3 Highland parked outside the Smithsonian Museums in Washington, D.C. Eric spotted this Rivian R1T and Ford F-150 Lightning charging at a Tesla supercharger with Magic Dock in Marion, Illinois. James saw this Hummer EV and a Rivian R1S at the Electrify America charging station located at the Sam's Club in Asheville, North Carolina. Emmanuel found this EV delivery vehicle that charges in 15 minutes in India. Steve saw this Model X with the SpaceX badge on it in Santa Rosa, California. Shandor spotted this Fisker Ocean in Reno, Nevada. Brantley spotted this Cybertruck in Austin in Texas. Joshua sent us this picture of Arizona's first fully electric fire truck from Fire Station 221 in Mesa, Arizona. And thanks for doing that, by the way, because we talked about it in the show a couple weeks ago. Jan spotted this Model Y taxi in Copenhagen. Chris saw this Model 3 with the license plate Starlinked in California. Charles visited the VinFast dealership in Raleigh, North Carolina, and sent us this picture of the VinFast VF8. It's their dealership. Nice. Sten saw three Model Ys lined up at the taxi stop in Sandvika outside Oslo, Norway. Sean spotted this Cybertruck parked in Bastrop, Texas. Marshall sent us this picture with the Optimus Tesla bot at the Tesla store in Atlanta, Georgia. And KD sent us this picture of the Tesla semi truck that he spotted at Giga Nevada. Nice. Thank you guys for sending those in. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Let's see what people have reviewed this week out there in the world. Hey, Zach and Jesse. I'm at the brand new 8-stall Version three supercharger in Dripping Springs, Texas. Just opened. It's got a Valero gas station behind me, a car wash, and uh, it's the first one of its kind in Dripping Springs, Texas, so we're really happy to have one here. I give it a six out of 10. Great location, not much around it, and now you know.
2: Hey Zach and Jesse, we're here at the I-75 exit 41 in London, Kentucky at the Tesla Supercharger. And there are 14 bays here, but what's kind of cool about this one is there is pull throughs. I don't know if you can see them without me covering up the camera, but they're pull throughs. And so you can pull through if you had like a trailer, which is kind of neat. And then if we come on around here, we got a McDonald's right there. And right over here, we have a gas station. There's my husband. He's a huge Tesla fan too. And we listen to you guys every week. Thank you for all your information. We appreciate it. Have a great night.
1: Hi, Glenn here at the brand new V3 Supercharger in Sturgeons Bay, Wisconsin. It's in Door County. Uh, it's located at an American Inn, and behind me is a McDonald's, and next to that is a BP. And if I spin back around here, behind me on the backside of this little berm here in the parkland is a Target. So it has some things if you need it for food, restrooms, uh, other grocery shopping needs. I give it a 7 out of 10, basically due to its location.
2: Um, now you know. Hello, can just Jesse over here in Warwick, Rhode Island today at a Neon that has uh, 8 stall 250 kilowatt supercharger. Uh, Neon's got conveniences inside, like a uh, fast food uh, amenity. There's a Burger King right there and across the street there is a crosswalk and uh, there's an IHOP and a couple of other eateries over there. There is also a... Uh, fried chicken across the way there this is very convenient to 95 both north and south and it's in the middle of the state Um, give this a four out of ten now you know
1: thank you for those reviews i love when they give harsh numbers it's I not like to it. be mean but four yeah. out of ten for instance because yeah it's just a supercharger there's nothing super special there there's no petting zoo there's no super good coffee like exactly that's great yes it's not a it's not a diss on tesla I at all i agree with the four okay <laughs> i i know that we all love to give sevens and eights but that one was a four yeah and i appreciate that all right so what do we have for new superchargers in the world we got number 57 in illinois is the 12 stall in salem illinois we got number 37 in michigan the 12 stall in taylor michigan we got the 16th stall in roseville at harding boulevard california we got number 94 in taiwan the sixth stall in changchua at gongyang road in taiwan number 429 in california is the 12th stall in paris california number 19 in maine is the 8th stall in bangor the sixth stall in haiku at haiyu industry corporation china is that a haiku i don't think <laughs> well it technically <laughs> was because it's in really? haiku. <laughs> We have the twelve stall in Missoula, Montana. We got number 44 in Ohio is the 12th stall in Willowick, Ohio. Number 19 in Montana is the 8th stall in Butte, Montana, at Grizzly Trail. Number 21 in New Zealand is the nine stall at Rainbow Point, New Zealand. Number 26 in Denmark is the 12th stall in Copenhagen. Number 87 in New York is the 12th stall in Monticello, New York. We have the 3 stall in Fuzhou, China. The 3 stall in Ningbu, China. Another 3 stall in Ningbu, China. The 3 stall in Shanghai. We have another three stall in Shanghai, China. A 12 stall in Shanghai. We have a three stall in Haifei, China. Another three stall in Haifei, China. We have a three stall in Beijing, China. A six stall in Chongqing, China. We have another six stall in Chongqing, China. We have a six stall in Zhuhai, China. We have a three stall in Liju, China. A four stall in Shizhuang, China. We have a three stall in Yichang, China. Three stall in Changsha, China. We have a three stall in Suzu, China. Number 70 in New Jersey, number 2,148 in the USA is the twelve stall in Alamuchi, New Jersey. Got the two stall 120 kilowatt in Pu'er, China. The six stall in Shanghai. Three stall in Lizui, China. Six stall in Ningbo, China. Six stall in Hangzhou, China. And a three stall in Hangzhou, China. And number 1966 in China, number 6,043 in the world is the three stall in Foshan, China. Wow, a lot of superchargers this week. Holy moly. <laughs> now look, if you're a Tesla investor and you've had a tough week, because the Tesla stock has not been doing what it should be doing. Come join us this week on our Disruptive Investing channel. We have a video explaining why the analysts are wrong. And consider joining us on Patreon. The link is down below in the show notes. You can support us there for the work that we do every week to help keep you informed and you'll get some really great perks. Yeah, like join our investor club for our weekly bonus videos and much more. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next week. Now Now you know.